Hello, I'm Somi Aryan. I'm a tech philosopher and the founder of Impeak. My guest on today's podcast is Derek Lewis, the co-founder of Opland, the largest virtual property strategy game mapped to the real world and one of the first attempts at building what we now call a metaverse. Derek has a really fun and interesting story of how they came up with the idea for Opland. I really enjoyed this conversation and I hope you do too. So, Dirk, tell me a little bit about the story of how you got started with this whole metaverse business. You know, at what point did you think, yeah, I'm going to go and build a metaverse? How, how did that start? Well, you know, we, we actually had the idea like in uh, late 2017, early 2018. Uh, was uh, actually have two friends, Idan Zuckerman and Manny Honigstein. And we had one of those game nights, you know, we meet here and there and we were playing Monopoly, right? <laughs> and uh, everyone probably is aware what the game is about. It's a board game, right? We purchase streets and you collect them and the same colors and all that stuff. So, and, uh, and you know, Mani and Idan, they were from the gaming space and I was, you know, dabbling around with lots of blockchain things and concepts, you know? And so we sat together and said, what if, you know, we take the idea of Monopoly, the inspiration here, <clears throat> take the real world and the real world uh, came actually from the idea because we, at that time we also watched um, Stranger Things. And I don't know if you see Stranger Things on Netflix, you know, it's like a parallel world where we say, okay, why don't we take the real world? Of course, not like the monsters, but just the, the real world as a, as a foundation. We take blockchain. We took the inspiration of Monopoly, and that's how actually Upland was born, right? And then when we incorporated in 2018, we at that time, we said upland.me, like our URL, right, which stands for Metaverse. But at that time, you know, we said oh, no one really knows what a Metaverse is. But we, you know, from day one, we said we want to really build this parallel world, which is eventually you know, part of the Metaverse. Wow, this is so, so interesting. So 2017, so would you say that you're the oldest Metaverse? Is uh, blockchain based sure right i mean you of course you have games and you had you had second life and what have you out there right but i think we're one of the oldest ones i don't know when you know well we're not true probably you had decentraland and sandbox also in the conceptual phase and i don't know when they launched but at that time we even didn't look at them right so we were just uh, focusing on our own, co own concept at that time Maybe we should go back a little bit. So what makes a metaverse metaverse? Like, why is it why is it that the concept of um, the metaverse and blockchain seem to be going hand in hand? You know, because in reality, that's that doesn't have to be the case, as we are seeing now with, you know, with with Facebook's meta, like we don't necessarily need um, to have these two concepts together. So why was it that you thought I was I'm going to like build this on the uh, the blockchain why was it um blockchain based yeah so what is important of course you have it always goes back what is actually metaverse and and all that when you see parallel worlds and when you look at those closed let's say ecosystems you know you look at fortnite minecraft you look at um, second life uh, horizon from from meta right they call themselves meta but you know they're originally facebook so <clears throat> They're somehow closed shops, right? That means closed means they, you know, they're not really, you know, open for the outside, even though some of them announced that they want to do something on the outside. But what is very important, uh, because 
is uh, the idea that the metaverse stands for something which is completely new, what we have not seen before. And what I mean with that is, is that people own things in Upland, own or in, in the metaverse, blockchain-based metaverse, and truly own. You can always prove that ownership on the blockchain. And that was very important as part of the concept, because like in the real world, when you own something, you take care of it. When you own a house, right, you beautify it, you may take care, you know, do all the repairs and whatever. If you're renting, uh, not so much, right? So, and that's, I think that's a fundamental assumption that uh, we believe in that will help to, that the metaverse will thrive. Okay, super interesting. Okay, so so the thing that actually made you think the uh, our metaverse should be blockchain based was the concept of ownership that was the core of it that's the main yeah the ownership and that you can prove it right but when you t talk to or you know let's say average people and say hey true ownership people will look at you what does this actually mean but if you tell them hey if you don't own it you cannot sell it then people say oh now i start to understand right because if i always know that i can sell it or i can add value to it and sell it maybe for a higher price or so that's where people start getting creative. I remember last time when we spoke, you mentioned that you already have 3 million users. So we have 3 million registered users and we have roughly a little bit less uh, than 300,000 landowners so far, right? So when we say we are mapped to the real world, uh, we, you know, because, you know, my background is, you know, I'm an economist, right? And I always know what supply and demand means. In theory, we could have opened up the whole world Right. But that was just too much supply. So we only open up, you know, certain cities in the US. We are live in 20 cities right now, which was recently opened up um, Rio de Janeiro. It's the first international city in uh, Brazil. But what is um, important is that you don't give too much, you know, inventory out because then, you know, prices don't, you know, prices go just not the way you want them, right? The economy is just not going to be stable. It's just not going to, to work. And that's why we know we have a limited amount of supply, limited amount of cities. But, you know, as we are only, you know, we only launched to open better in um, early 2020, right? We are just slowly getting into it. And Upland is not being built out at all, right? We're just basically setting the foundation at the moment where there were so much more things to follow right but i think with 300,000 landowners which clearly makes us you know one of the largest blockchain based metaverses out there and these these lands are essentially nfts right yeah every property you buy so the way it works actually you know when you download upland you can actually download it as an ios or android app we can also use the web and when you zoom in you get a map application think like google maps you zoom in and then you see the then you see actually a property which a real property parcel right like the borders and then you can purchase that piece of land and then this is an nft yes and we have also other nfts in upland but this is a typical nft within upland and of that we saw also a little bit more than 3 million so far. Okay, that's interesting. So um, because I've often wondered um, how many people are in the NFT space and uh, it's my understanding that from the different research, I, I don't think there's a, there's a definite data around it that it's around 1 million or so people. Um, so, uh, which it still seems quite high, it, you know, when you are on Discord and, you know, all these other different communities, it doesn't feel like it's 1 million. It, it doesn't seem to be that big. So 300,000, 
actually unique addresses that are using it seems quite a lot. So all of these locations are um, based on mapped based on the US at the moment. So for example, I can't go and find a property in London, no? No, you cannot find it. As I just mentioned, we have opened up Rio, right? But otherwise it's just US. But we're soon going to open up Porto because we have a partnership with FC Porto. And depending when we have partnerships in different cities around the world, then we open up those cities as well, right? So that's a little bit our our opening of city strategy as such, right? So, and, but uh, referring back to your topic is how many users you really, you know, you have in crypto. There's not so many, that is true. That's also why in Upland, we were always very cognizant about that. We say, we don't want to go just after the crypto aficionados. We really want to go to the average per people, right? Who just want to, just want to play. They want to, uh, you know, enjoy the game. They want to enjoy the metaverse. And that's, you know, we did a, we did a survey within Upland. We found out that 65% of our users, they do not own NFTs outside of Upland. So what this tells us is that we are able to onboard lots of normal quotation mark users, say normal, but let's say non-crypto users, right? Because crypto users could assume that they purchase NFTs elsewhere. And this is what makes it super interesting, of course, uh, you know, in general, because, you know, that because we, we believe that we're on the right path here to really getting to, to, to the mass audience at the moment. Very nice. So the secret here is uh, fiat on ramp, right? Like that they can they can buy these, so they don't know that they're buying NFTs. Yeah. So they exactly. So we're trying to avoid. I mean, sometimes you know when we go after in, in crypto media, we use the word NFTs, right? But in general, we we are avoiding these kind of words because most people cannot really you know work with it. So people understand. Okay, I can buy a property and I can sell it and so on. So that's. That's that's uh, that's how we do it, but in terms of onboarding, what is so important is uh, so when we say first of all we said where are the people we said always mobile where this is devices users are you know using you know their phones, that's the reason we always had a mobile first thinking so that's the reason we are on iOS and Android you don't find any other blockchain metaverse on the on the app stores so that's the first thing. Second thing is then um, onboarding is only with email and password. So you don't need to deal with private keys and, and wallets and so on. Uh, that's that's we're, we're obfuscating that layer for the user, even though as a company, we don't have access to the private keys, right? It's, it's just a you know, technical thing, but the, this is the way it works. And then the third thing is um, that we uh, actually allow, which to set is fiat on-ramp. So you can, of course, purchase uh, something with, in iOS and Android, right, will be the App Store. But on the web, you can also use credit card or PayPal to purchase something. You can also use crypto for the crypto fans here, right? But in general, it's it's really making it easy for every other average user to come on board. To extract monetary value, so let's say, how do you get then your dollars out? When you want to sell an NFT, you want to sell a property, or we have cars or other things to other players, if you want, as a player, you can sell those to uh, for US dollars, right, to other players. That's how you can then extract monetary value out of it again. Okay. So what kind of activities take place on Upland right now? Like you mentioned playing. Is is there games being played? What what happens? So like 
I, I go and buy well actually one I think I mentioned to you last time when we spoke um, that one of my clients who is uh, 72 years old actually he bought uh, land in Upland and he was quite ex excited about it he was showing it to me but I don't think I've seen him do anything with it so it's like what happens okay you buy the land uh, is there a social aspect are people hanging out what happens yeah so so the thing is what what you do in Upland first of all it's somehow you know the way we launch is a property trading game. Right. So when you purchase a piece of land, we gamify it in the sense of that you have maybe to collect now properties which are on the same street or maybe three museums and so on. And when you complete that collection, you earn a higher yield on that uh, on that property. Right. So we allow users to do that. So that sets in motion the whole you know activity between the players because they want to optimize their portfolio that alone is the first let's say so-called game engagement point we have other game engagement points we have all the time we have some activities in the app some competitions going on we have uh, we have tours live tours where people can tour a city together with other players uh, we have treasure hunts which are very uh, you know very popular where people you know they have to compete to find the treasure within the city um, and soon we're going to have cars. We have cars alphas out there right now, but then soon you will be able to race, you know, within San Francisco or Manhattan, you know, and, and uh, so that's also going to be a lot of fun. So we're adding more and more of those game engagement points. Also not to, we should not forget also we have uh, things where we, we have a partnership with the NFLPA, uh, for instance, you know, football, you can collect football legits, um, you know, from uh, from your favorite players. And that's also gamified because if you collect them, you get a fan score, the higher your fan score, the more likelihood is that you get a special uh, you know, get a special NFT then. So that, that, you know, these kind of things we, 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 we let users do in the app. However, Upland is also what we call the entrepreneurial metaverse. People can run and, and or operate their own shops in Upland. So when you purchase an NFT, let's say what I just mentioned from the NFLPA, you can fire up your own store and sell those to other players, right? So you become a mini entrepreneur, which is, uh, you know, part of our mission is to create hundreds of thousands, if not millions of entrepreneurs one day. Super interesting. So initially it started out as more of an entertainment gaming kind of thing and now it's becoming more and more serious and people are actually going to you see it as being a place where people are actually going to do business uh no everything actually when we when you look at uh, our, our tagline oops our tagline up there right it says play earn connect and it's it's so you have lots of things you can do to play to have fun entertainment but also other places where you can eventually this is all new about blockchain where you can eventually extract monetary value can you earn some money so that that is what is new and the connect pieces we don't have built out yet we have right now we have a huge community on on discord but eventually we move some of the communication some of the interaction the social interaction also into upland right so that that's just not being integrated yet so but that's that's what what, what you can do it's not just about making money or so it's, it's it's about socializing it's about fun and and other things at the end of the day upland is a platform yeah, and uh, we currently, as the, let's say the platform operator, we provide certain things, but we will be launching what is also called a third-party developer 
um, uh, platform where users will be able or developers can put their own apps on top of Upland. So if you want to maybe build out a mini arcade, so people come to your property, you have built a house there, right? And then you go into that house and then a mini arcade opens and then you can have a mini game there. So these kind of things can be developed by other people, not just necessarily us. Why did you decide to map it based on real life? Uh, what was the thinking? You mentioned about the monopoly, but yeah, I guess, was that the only reason? Um, I just wonder whether that is limiting in any way if people don't recognize those locations, you know, like say somebody from Europe wanting to participate. Yeah, the funny thing is we have lots of people in Europe who are playing, for instance, now in San Francisco, and they, they said, right, oh, I know now San Francisco better than my hometown because, you know, because you have, you know, you can investigate the city, we have Google Street View, can find out lots of things. So I don't think that this, this is really important that you need to know the city, right? Of course, people very often come into the city where they live because and then they purchase something because they purchase something where they live in real life or they may purchase something close to the ocean, whatever, right? Or where celebrity has lived before and so on. But I think the whole idea of putting it into the real world is just a, the way how we position it. And at the, end, at the end of the day, I think lots of people really enjoy that, you know, because they understand, okay, in theory, I can be there, but I'm not there. This plays a lot of into it, right? And this is also for us a clear differentiator because we are the only, let's say, relevant real world metaverse out there where people, uh, you know, can purchase, you know, real world properties, uh, you know, and that, that's uh, something where we always say we are the non-fiction part of the metaverse, right? We always want to stay very close to to reality. So I'll give you one example. When you want to go from San Francisco, New York, you cannot just go there and teleport yourself there. You actually need to take a plane, which takes time and money to get to there, right? Or when you want to build a house, it takes many weeks even to build a house, not just, you know, within a second. Yeah. Do you see that there may be some kind of relevance here to the tourism industry? Do you think in the future that, um, you know, something like Upland could be beneficial? Let's say, for example, if I wanted to travel somewhere, I could go into Upland. Let's say, like, I want to go to Bali and I've never been there. I can go into Upland and I can go and explore, you know, what it's like. And do you see a business model there? I mean, I see it for sure. Like them, that, let's say, for example, your hotel in Bali, you know, you could have a presence in Upland in that part of the world, you know, and um, it could be that could be a really good way of attracting people to it so that they can go in and um, and explore a little bit. No, no, absolutely. It's part of the business plan. And we are also working now with partners. We're talking to hotel chain, right? What they want to do is, you know, that they, people can go and explore the hotel before they go there, can walk through it. They can, uh, you know, and they can uh, maybe potentially do, you know, uh, go to the reception and, and buy, buy a room. I don't know whether that we are going to do it with them, but these kind of models we're discussing to potentially integrate into, into Upland in the future. And, but it doesn't has to stop there, right? When you think about it, right? When you, when you, let's say, when you are an airline, right? I just mentioned the, the flying, you know, you can maybe sponsor the flights for people, right? So that's some kind of advertising in terms of the travel industry, right? So, uh, you can also uh, the cars. I mentioned cars. Maybe you want to, uh, you know, people going to rent a virtual whatever sports car, you know, to drive around in a in a country where they want to be. And like, like this, they will go now to the car rental service and rent the same car, right? So 
since it's so blurred with the real world, or it's going to be even more blurred with the real world, there's endless possibilities you will be able to do. You, know, you do some stuff in the real world, and then the other, you know, you complete other things in the physical, uh, in the in the in the digital world, right? Or the other way around, right? That's that's how I think how the future is going to look like in ten or twenty years. That you actually mix both worlds all the time together. I see a big value there for. You know, especially for people who are living in parts of the world where traveling is not easy for them. Like I grew up in Iran. It was very hard to get um, a visa, you know, like to travel. Something like this could be really beneficial for, um, you know, exploring the world outside and, and getting a feel for it. I remember the first time I left Iran, I went to um, Munich. And it was like it was so interesting for me. It's so foreign. Like I was like that was the first European city or Western city I had ever traveled to, and it was like um, it wasn't like what I thought. You know, I thought it would be a lot more industrial, but actually it was green, and it was like so green, so clean, and like it really was like like not. I I imagined that all of Europe or all of West was <laughs> like gonna be big buildings you know like that's like new york you know like that's what i thought and then when i got to and to munich it was so different so um so i, I see an opportunity for uh, the metaverse or, or at least what you're doing with upland um to bring cultures together to to get people uh, more familiar with with what life is like in other places so i'm i'm really hoping that you will develop this for everywhere else like for me personally like i would be much more interested in you know going into upland and exploring a place that i've never been to you know like maybe some random city in japan or something like that you know like so so tell me a little bit about the technology like how does that happen the the mapping how is that different to let's say something like google um uh, google earth you know like is, is it like how do you how do you do this mapping yeah, of course you have Google Google Earth out there, but when you look into Google Earth, for instance, you don't see the parcels of a property, right? You only see buildings, but you don't see the borders. So that's something we had to add into it. So we're working with a third-party provider, right, to get to get that data, but also um, we had to add, um, you know, some other data into to make it interesting or for, to fit our needs. Yeah, so uh, it's quite easy to get this data in the U.S. Um, in the rest of the world, it's not that easy. Uh, you just mentioned Europe. In some European cities or countries, we have access to parcel data, but in others, we don't. It's just not existent, right? Or it's prohibitive expensive. For some, some countries or cities just charge so much money. It's, I don't know why they're doing it, right? But if it's, it doesn't make sense. So then what we do is actually we have, uh, you know, a team, you know, who looks at the parcels, we, you know, and then using also some, some, some AI and to understand, okay, how can we actually draw the property borders as close as possible to reality? Fact is, when you think about map data, there's no single source of truth, right? When you go into, let's say, also today in Apple Maps and Google Maps, you know, things look different in there, even there, right? And of course, lots of things is similar, but you might find an address, you know, which says, you know, 22A and in Apple's in Google and in Apple says 24A for whatever reason. So th these kind of things we always discover. So there, and one thing is also with map data and the world always changes, right? 
properties get merged, they get divided, and you know everything. New streets are coming in, so it's very dynamic. It's not like like you have a snapshot of the world and so always the right. So, so you have to be try to be as close and as correct as possible, right? What are your thoughts on, uh, you know, all the different different platforms uh, that are developing what they call a metaverse? Um, you know, is there anything else out there that's like that is interesting to you what and if if it is what are you finding interesting in them yeah first of all since metaverse is such a hype word you, everything calls herself or himself now metaverse it's always tricky right to go through it but in general in upland we are a big proponent of the open metaverse right we say we don't want to be a closed you know closed shop as such so that's that means uh or world garden you know what we introduce is what is called the nft portal where people will be able to import nfts or assets from like like a like a car or, or a digital art from other blockchains into upland you know and then maybe run and operate you know digital art gallery right from solana or ethereum or whatever whatever the blockchains are out there or you can also export them from Upland again. So that's one piece of the open metaverse. The other one is uh, I actually uh, in, co-initiated an, uh, uh, something what is called the open metaverse for Web3. That's an open, met open metaverse alliance for Web3, short OMA3. And you find it also OMA3.org. Uh, where actually um, I invited all the big companies together, Sandbox, the central end of the Web3 space, together said, hey, we have to work together. And we just, you know, just recently announced that uh, we're going to start that, uh, you know, organization. And we had actually, within, you know, we announced it. And, you know, two days later, we had 750 companies signing up for it. Uh, you know, because they are all interested in that open metaverse uh, alliance approach. And why is that important? Because it's uh, because we're changing. We're living in a changing world. Because in 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 the old world, right, you had always the platform who owned the users, right. But we want to change this paradigm, and is and we want to shift it in the direction. We say no, the user needs to be in control of his or her assets. Right. And then be able to take the assets from one world to the other. Right. So and there's a lot of interesting, you know, worlds I, you know, would like would love to to work together with. What do you think um, big corporations like Apple, Google, Microsoft, like these big corporations like, um, you know, the giants of the Web2, how do you think they will play in this new space in this like um you know in the metaverse world i cannot imagine for example something like apple staying out of this game yeah they will take their spin on it right i mean if you look at at you know facebook rebranded itself to meta and they have a platform called horizon right which is some kind of a metaverse um i th i know microsoft has announced something the b2b space or is doing already things there uh, Apple, I, I haven't heard a lot of things yet. So, so I, and again, I cannot speak really for those companies seeing what's public knowledge, right? So I think if they see that this is a revenue opportunity, obviously they're going to jump in, that's for sure, right? But the question is, will they will be the leader? Because when you have, you know, technology waves, right? When you, when you think about, right, the 2000s were pretty much, you know, with the Google, where Google came up with search and so on, then late 2000s and early 2010s was basically Facebook with the whole social social media, right? So I think we're probably going to see, oh, 
of course, the old players being playing in that field, right? Because the metaverse is like the internet is like somehow, you know, everyone, no one owns the metaverse as such, right? But I'm very sure also that we're going to have new players coming in, right? So people, no one is aware of as of today. Yeah, maybe Upland is one of them. Let's see. <laughs> well, you've been you've been around for quite some time. So which blockchain is it? Is this on? We're based on the EOS blockchain. Okay. Okay. Um, and do you have your own token? Uh, no. Well, yes and no. Let's say it like this. We have an internal token, right? Which is because of because we're based in the US for regulatory reason, you cannot trade on an exchange. One is called Apex, which you have to buy with dollars, or um, Spark, which is a token which you need to build something up in like a house or like a like a car or something. Yeah. Okay. Cool. And uh, what's the next thing from here? Like, what's the uh, what's your plan moving forward? Is it just uh, basically to keep building new parcels of land? Is that is that like just expanding it? Is is this the well, idea? Yeah, uh, multiple ways, right? First of all, we want to add more features. We always say we're going through the three phases, right? The first phase was basically the what we said we, the infrastructure, right? Basically, the land. We continue selling land, right? On one hand. Right. But then we said the second one is the economy, right, where we say, OK, people, uh, people start building their businesses in Upland and so on. So we give them the tools to do that. And then the third one is actually where we say we're going digital, right, when we're merging really with the physical world much more, what we don't do yet so much. Right. Except that we are based on the real world. Right. But where you can do stuff and so on. But overall, Upland is a platform. Eventually, we want to have lots of different stakeholders, people coming in. You know, they can be creators, developers, you know, lots of lots of people who come into the platform and, and build on top of it and, you know, create their own, you know, you know, existence there and 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 find new ways of of, uh, of finding customers, engaging people and what have you. Okay, awesome. Um, so as people listen to this, what would you like them to do? What's the next, uh, you know, step that you would like them to take? You'd like them to go to uh, Upland and follow you on social media? Yeah, you can follow us on uh, social media like Upland Me, right? That's there. Or, or you go to our website, upland.me, or you download the app. What I always recommend is, uh, is you know, a metaverse is not like like a game, right? If you take, for example, it's a great one, Angry Birds, you download it, you immediately understand how it works, right? Metaverse is a little bit more complex, but I always compare it with when you go and travel, you know, you went to Munich, you said, right? If you would have just traveled to Munich and landed there and, you know, you, you don't know where to go, where the sightseeing spots are and so on, you need a guide. Either you buy a book who tells you where to go or you maybe find a friend or whatever, right? It's the same in, in Upland. But the way you do it in Upland is you either you go on Discord, right, which has a used community, has a newcomer channel, right, where people take you on your hand and explain new things. Or you go on YouTube where we have tons of tons of content being created every day, right? Really for beginners, how to get started until, you know, how to do the best deals and how to trade and all that. So so it's a lot of interesting content you find, especially in those. And we have also some Twitch live streams, for instance, right? But it's not just us creating, it's lots of other people also. So what is the most complete uh, city that you have that you think, you know, like if you, if you were going to say to someone, you know, this is where to start. Where would be the best place to go? Well, a good place to start actually is a, not in a complete city. Because in, in that not uh, complete city, you can actually get still some properties which are a little bit cheaper. 
Because if you go to uh, today to Manhattan or San Francisco, because it's a secondary market, you cannot purchase ev everything from Upland directly anymore. You have to buy it from another player. And, the, and then, of course, the secondary market prices are increasing. But in terms of completeness, you can, of course, go to Manhattan, Chicago also, or, or San Francisco, where people build a lot of things there. And there, there you find also a lot of, you know, small communities, so-called nodes, who are putting themselves together and, you know, around certain certain things and areas. So San Francisco is where to start right now. That's the what was our starter city. It's a it's a good place to to see what's going on. But to start, I would recommend today rather go to Detroit or Nashville. And also in Los Angeles, you still find, you know, properties which haven't been touched by anyone. So. And do you need to actually buy property uh, in order to hang in there? Or if you don't have property, can you still go and visit? No, you can still go and visit, right? You can sign up and you can always stay visitor. Uh, you can participate in treasure hunts or other things. You can do that. But eventually you want to have your, uh, you know, you want to have a property there. Also, you can designate your home address there because when you designate your home address in the future, we will be able to do some voting. You know, for instance, what you together with other people in your neighborhood, you can vote what should be built or other things, you know. Uh, so it's going to be very interesting. You know, there's a really bottom up approach, democratic approach, how to, to bring your, your neighborhood in the digital world forward. Awesome. Thank you so much. This has been super interesting. I uh, have not explored it yet. So now I have a better understanding and, and I really feel like I'm going to talk to my client who's got it and say, you've got to show me how to do it. And I'm going to go and explore myself as well. Thank you so much for sharing all of that. And uh, I will be following your development. And I'm really actually super interested to see whether you do anything in regards to tourism and, you know, what we discussed, you know, uh, uh, the, the kind of developments that might be happening in that area area, which uh, also could be super interesting to bring in the hospitality industry into this. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I yeah. have to mix yeah. it. Yeah. Awesome. Mm -hmm. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thank, Thank you. you. I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Derek Lewis of Upland. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to subscribe to it on Apple, Spotify, or any other one of your favorite podcast channels. And don't forget to give it a five-star rating and write a review. The full interviews are also available on my YouTube channel, The Somi Ariane Show.